Everybody, live from Koreatown in a french fry and bacon and egg sandwich <laughs> show studio. I'm your host, Omar Miller, and this is The Ozone. How are you getting loose over there? My brother Terry. I'm trying to shake out the smell, child. <laughs> the greasy smell. Wow. Where, what's the name of this place? Let's give them a plug. You love this place. Egg Tuck. Everybody in the room loves them except for you. Uh-huh. Well, that's look who's the bad guy this time, huh? <laughs> How people? Egg Tuck. Egg Tuck. Egg Tuck on on Wilshire. It's on Wilshire. I don't know the cross streets, but it's on Wilshire, so, right? Uh-huh. Egg Tuck near the Will Turn. If you're in Los Angeles, Egg Look Tuck. It up. Here you go, freebie. Close uh, at two. Close to what? Closes at two. Oh, close. It's all eggs all uh, morning. Then it turns into something after two, after five. Really? It, it opens up and turns into a different restaurant. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that's cool, right? And that's a really cool way for those people to keep their rent down. Yeah. Well, it's the same owner as well. Oh, this guy's innovative. Yeah. We need to get him on the show. Yeah, right. I wonder if he knows anything about sports, if he just knows about French oh, fries. Well, actually, it's a sports bar at after five. G- Egg Tuck. <laughs> yeah. We may need to broadcast from Egg Tuck. Uh, okay. Well, that's how we're getting started today, folks. Going to jump right in there with you because I'm on a time crunch. I got to go to work. I'm a working man, people. Ladies and gentlemen, the New York Yankees have been eliminated from baseball play for the 2000. So, in one of the best games that I've watched ever, you, you only say that because you're a prisoner of the moment. It was I'm a not, great game. That was a great game. What are you talking about? I'm not saying that because I'm a prisoner of the moment. I've yeah. watched a lot of great baseball games. Is it in your top ten? Yeah, that was a great game. You're not in no top ten. Yeah. <laughs> how, how are you going to tell me what's in my top ten? I, might not I was be, there. I know you in your top I, ten. I, I was there. I, I know your top ten. Is, that wasn't your top ten. After every game, game, I'll speak to you. This is a great game. It, it was a great game. Great I'm not game. mad at the game. To send you to the World Series, we walk off on one of the best closers in baseball? Come on, man. Are it's you supposed kidding? to be a bullpen game, folks. And that's what it turned out. Yuli Gurriel got it started early. Three-run turn and burn. Stud. Stud on some cheese. Inside cheese. Yeah, 97 in. Opened it up. Come on, man. Very impressive. And the game just, you know what? It was a trip because the game, even though it was 3-1 for a long time, I have to say when I was watching, the game felt like it was in the Yankees' favor momentum-wise. They had like it. There was a, yeah, there was well, a they had midpoint. Well, they had momentum going their way, but I never felt like they would get the there, game. There was a midpoint when it was 3-2. to two. Uh-huh. Well, you and, felt like and, they had an opportunity the, to come and back. I felt like it, it felt as though the tide was turning for the Yankees, especially after uh, – um, your man came in and gave up the booty and gave up a bomb to Gio Urshela. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eurykady? Is uh-huh. that how you say his name? Uh-huh. I, I think I it's Eurykady for Houston. He was a Eurykady. And, and then he came, and then but then he settled down. And he got they got like three innings out of him, three or four innings out of him. I think two and two-thirds. Oh, there you go. Excuse me. Nice change-up work, though, and he got fuzz. Yeah, just enough. Yeah. and More than enough. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and then, I mean, incredible baseball broke out. First of all, you saw an, a, a monster double play turn that took place on a short hop. Said it was the fastest throw from in a double play since StatCast started, 95 miles an hour. Wow. Mm-hmm. Correa has cheese, and he <laughs> actually knows he has a pistol because he put it away. He holds yeah. it afterward. <laughs> and, the uh, gunslinger. Yeah. And, and then you saw some great uh, baseball in the outfield from Aaron Judge. Because he made a short hop play that actually should have got to the fence. And right. He, and he got and his big body, body helped him, out. Yeah. him out a lot. Did. So they only got one run out of it, 4-2. We head to the top of the ninth. 
Soon as he came in, I told the people at my house, you know, Osuna's suspect. And you said, man, you can turn the game off. I was on the phone with the icons here, and he told me, you can turn this game off. This game is over. You could have. I said, this game is not over. (laughs) It was over. At all. Because the machine stepped into the box and went yard. Now batting. (laughs) DJ LeMayhew. (laughs) And and the the, arguably the MVP of the American League stepped up and had a 10-pitch at bat with a tough closer. Did. Fouling off gas after gas after gas. One thing that I really liked about this was that Osuna was willing to get beat on his best pitch. Right, and he did. And he did. And there was a walk. And he can live with it. You can live with it's that. 10-pitch at bat. Did he, did he walk somebody before? Did He He walked the leadoff batter, right? That, isn't that how it happened? I think he walked, yeah, walked yeah. the leadoff batter. He walked the leadoff batter. Then he gives up a two-run bomb on the 10-pitch at bat. I mean, he didn't give in, but he, that was cheese. He just didn't. You know, he was trying to nibble outside. I was like, my cheese in if I throw hard. But he nibbled on his egg tuck outside. <laughs> he with that egg tuck. And then he, uh, so then uh, LeMahieu goes yard, super clutch. One thing that doesn't get enough burn is that Roberto Asuna calmed himself down and retired the rest of the Yankees in order. Yeah. The tough part of the lineup. He retired, he struck out Judge. Uh, he got Glaber Torres to pop out. He's another victim of not getting enough work, though. Okay. You know, because if the guys, especially closers, they need to work all the time. And it's not a big deal for them to pitch every night. But in this series, they haven't been able to do that. Yeah. And then we saw the a tie game going into the bottom of the ninth. And the Yankees closer stepped in looking sharp, strangely enough. Camera he was came shaking, in, He came in. wasn't shaking at first. He, he came in looking sharp. And partially because I would imagine because of what you said. Because he got to work last the night before that mm-hmm. in New York. Mm-hmm. So he steps in. Bang, bang, strikeout, strikeout, gas looks good. Sliders, you know, it's biting, but it's it's okay. And then George Springer works a walk. And it was clutch that George Springer worked a walk because there was a 3-1 fastball that I've seen guys chase since Araldis Chapman has been in the league. I think it was at a, up and away. It was just up. Uh-huh. It wasn't even, it was, and that's why he gets him to chase it. Mm-hmm. It's just up. And you know that if you can get on top of it, you can give it a ride. But the problem is, is getting on top of 99, 102 is it's crazy. rare. Yeah. But Springer took it. Showed a lot of discipline, and honestly, this is the kind of thing that shows you that the Astros are the best in the business. Right. He makes the he takes the walk, and this is when I told the people in my house that Aroldis Chapman was suspect <laughs> because every Yankee fan knows that when Chapman gets runners on base, man, oh man, is he in trouble? He's apt to walk people. He's apt to throw wild pitches. He, anything could happen. That's the way that he operates, though, you know, and yeah. not literally a closed down shutter. I mean, no, he's closer. not a shutdown closer. Yeah. He is not. You can't say I that. would actually go with your boy. Who? Zach Britton over him. Honestly, as the closer. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? They 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 paid all that money. Yeah. There's a hierarchy there because they brought him there to close as the closer and they they shore up the bullpen around him. Now, this is where you see the Yankees really, really, really were hurt by two things. One, Domingo Herman hurt the team because he wasn't available and he was their most consistent starter the whole year. Yep. Uh, two, Deline Batances wasn't there the whole year. And if you add Deline Batances to that bullpen that they already had, and he's the cornerstone. When Deline is right, forget about it. You add him to that, forget about it. They probably, you know, they 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 may actually be able to advance because no, you that's your see, one and two. You don't you don't see out of Vino. Yeah, you know but, what I mean. But that's your one and two. My number one is that they patterned that they modeled their system after the Tampa Bay Rays, and that's too. You know, they have to have front line starting pitching. You can't go with the, with the guys bullpen games. Those bullpen games don't work in their favor because they rely on it too much. They'll, those guys saw the bullpen too much. Right, but it's not a bullpen game. They only had one bullpen game. That's one too many. 
in game six, you're, you're against the wall. You need to have, even if the Astros get their back against the wall, they can actually go to Zach Greinke or Wade Miley. Now, I have a question. We haven't seen Wade Miley. Is Wade Miley on the line? I don't even know roster. if he's on the roster, but he might be on the roster this time, though. And what happened to my man who just is no longer on the roster, who I didn't care for his work, but I can't front on him because he's surprisingly effective. The righty, he's a redhead, he's orange, he's got a, he's got a goatee. He pitched in the World Series. He pitched for them this year, and I had forgotten that he was still on a team until he came. Uh, what is his name? I don't know. Ah, let me look him up. But to me, those two factors were huge. And Chapman decides to get beat on his Slide secondary piece. pitch. I can't. Which is still in the 90s, but still it's. Getting beat. I think it was like high 80s. He, he's, he really lobbed it up there. He was trying to get me you over. You could see he was he was really trying to place the ball as opposed to pitching. He was you know what I mean? He, he didn't feel confident. He just gave basketball. up the walk. Right. Right. What is my man's name? Oh, uh, this is really bothering it's me. Going to haunt you, champ. Now I'm about to give it up right now. It is z- z- it looks like he's not on the thing and that's why he, that's why we can't find him. Well, there's that. Um all right. I need to find him from the last time. Houston Astros. So it almost really came to bite them in the butt because the inning before Michael Brantley made a World Series caliber play that doubled up Aaron Judge, which was not bad baseball. No. You know, that was just good baseball all around. It was a crazy play. And then they they even made a point of talking about it on the broadcast about how he'd asked A.J. Hinch, the coach, about, hey, what do I got to do to be a nine-inning player? And they took him out for defense, and Marisnik comes in, and Marisnik was actually on deck. I got I mean, a feeling he would have got carved. Conventional wisdom tells you Marisnik gets carved. <laughs> yeah, because over Jose Altuve, who just went a, to launch. Yeah, he's just a defensive replacement at that point. Right. And you know, you decide to pitch to Altuve instead of pitching around him. You had two outs though, right? You had two outs. That's what. That's all the more reason. Colin McHugh. That's oh, what I'm thinking of oh. what happened to Colin McHugh? Colin McHugh. Yeah, Colin McHugh. I watched him this season. And he, uh, oh. I thought you were talking about for the Yankees, though, not for the Astros. Oh, no, no, no. That's why I said the Astros. Uh, but he, he pitched, the last time he pitched was August 30th. Huh. So I don't know. Maybe he got hurt. He's been up and down all year. I know. But I, I was surprised. He was in a rotation he, you know, at one point. Wow. I know. And he was effective. That's the thing. I never really believed in Colin McHugh, but then I had to stop running on him because he was effective. Gets the job done. Yeah. So now. What do you think the Yankees do in the offseason? Go home. <laughs> Go fishing. It's over for the Yankees, man. They need to revamp that front line. If you don't get front line pitching, even though they can swing the stick, you can see that the three-run homer is far and in between. They need to get front line pitching. If you don't get front line pitching, you're in trouble. And now they're saying that they're going to try to get Garrett Cole, I think, Hunjin Rue, and there's another, uh, Steven Strasburg. Those, that's who's on their radar? That's think? on the radar. And I would think a lot of those guys outside of Hunjin – That'll be determined by what happens within the next week in the World Series. Well, I wouldn't want Hunter in the American League because he's a pitch-to-contact pitch pitcher, and those guys hit the ball far. Yeah. I mean, far. <laughs> and often. And often. So yeah. if you're going to pitch-to-contact, he's going to be in trouble a lot. Mm. Um, especially in the hitter's park like Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, you know what happened on Friday night was C.C. Sabathia threw his last pitch in the Major League game, and he was injured. Freaking strained his shoulder. Can you believe that? That's unbelievable. The freaking horse. 
He's a horse. He was a horse. Man, and he literally threw his body out. Yeah. He, he left pitched, it all on the field. He pitched until he could no longer contribute. And even got him a big out when he first came in. Yeah, I you know, I had to give it up on CC, but CC's the man. CC is the man. He he, you know, he one figured thing it I out. like about him is that he made adjustments. Yeah, not like Clayton Kershaw has done in the past. He actually when he used to throw 97, 98, now he's he's what, throwing 90, 91? Maybe, yeah. Mostly off-speed pitches. Living off that changeup yeah. on the lower outside part of the yeah. plate. And that's a that's actually a ball. Yeah. Jamming guys when they're surprised that he can get the cheese in on them. Mm-hmm. 91, 92 is enough. That's enough. He understood. I wonder who he spoke with to help him get that. I wonder if that was Larry Rothschild or if it was like Andy Pettit. or like, You know what I mean? I wonder who that was. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, just a farewell to Ace. Because the big fella came to New York and got the job done. Got I maintain... Chip. Nobody in professional sports has lived up to the big contract that I can think of outside of Michael Jordan. And Michael Jordan's was a one year off every time Mm -hmm. like CeCe Sabathia. CeCe came to New York on what at the time was the biggest deal in the history of Major League Baseball for a pitcher. I think he signed for seven and one hundred and sixty one million dollars. And that was real pressure. That was not a game. And CeCe promptly came in. And averaged about 20 wins over the next three seasons. Wow. I think the first season he won 21. Next season he won 19. Let's look it up to be sure. He was dominant. I mean, man, forget about it. I mean, what can you ask for from him? Not much. I mean, just pay that man. He did his job. And then he adjusted, you know? Then he then he adjusted. What a bum will. You know, had that bad knee that he was pitching on for a little longest. Yeah, that knee, man. Tell me about it. Freaking Nissan Maxima. Now, do you think that has something to do with his size? I don't know. They would like to believe they would like to make you believe that it does, but I don't know about that because I remember when CC Sabathia lost a gang of weight and he didn't he, look healthy. He didn't look healthy and he wasn't an effective pitcher. No. You know, most importantly. Um so, you know, and also CC Sabathia did a lot. He was like the last of the guys that complete games. Him right. and Justin Verlander, I would say. Because now he obviously hasn't been able to do it recently. But let's see when he signed that contract. He signed that contract 2009, he comes to the Yankees. He promptly comes out and wins 21 games. Are you crazy? In Yankee Stadium? He goes 21 and 7, 19 and 8, 15 and 6, and then 14 and 13. The Yankees went through a rough patch during that 14 and 13 year. It wasn't his fault. No, it wasn't. His ERA was still 3 3 8, something like that. Four. So. Uh, goodbye to Ace. Really, really love CC's work. Loved him as a person. I love what he showed because he showed the vulnerability and the dangers of success. He went through his whole problem with uh, alcoholism mm-hmm. and he was open about it, which he didn't have to be. He could have kept that private. But who knows how many people were actually helped by him coming out and saying, hey, you know what? I had a problem getting drinks after the game or in general and, and I've gotten better true and you story. can get better. Yeah, it's great. Story. And you, you pointed out a fact with him going the distance in games, and I think that's one of the big things that the Astros does that they do to most of the teams. Now, they get a lo- at least six innings out of their starters. Right. Where right. everybody else now, the, the new protocol is to go to the bullpen in the fourth or fifth inning. Right, regardless. Yeah, regardless. A guy can't even get in trouble after four. If he gets in trouble after the fourth, you're looking to take him out. Yeah, and the Nationals really are going to have a problem if they can't expand the game, you know, because they need to build that bridge to get to their bullpen, which is not that solid. Right. But this is their strong suit. And I tell the you bullpen? what, no, this is their strong suit oh. is being able to to lengthen the game yeah, yeah. so that you don't you only have a minimal amount of pitching that's necessary from the bullpen. Mm-hmm. So this is the most lopsided World Series since 2007, they're saying, as per the gambler's odds. Wow. Max Serzer, I would doubt, has ever entered a game 
where he is minus or he's plus two twenty. Wow. Plus two twenty. You want to take that? I have to take that. Are you crazy? <laughs> I gotta have it. I don't care if Garrett you need Cole's, more cowbell. I, I gotta have more cowbell. <laughs> I don't care if Garrett Cole's on a bumper, whoever else. Matt Scherzer at plus two twenty. Come on, man. Damn, Matt's getting no hit you on any given day. Yeah, but it, they can get no hit the same they way. Sure can. But it's not. It's not the likelihood of them getting no hit is not two and a half times more likely than him no hitting them. And let's just take the no hitters out because that's both. <laughs> all of those are far long shots. But just the likelihood of Max Scherzer winning a baseball game against any given team in the in the world versus the likelihood of him losing it. I can't think of the guy. That it should be that lopsided for. Yeah, but when you go through the lineup, the Astros, man, their lineup is ridiculous compared to, you know, the Nationals. The Nationals actually, for the for the Nationals to win, they're going to need to get that kid Trey Turner on board. I, I don't even think Juan Soto is going to be crazy effective like that because they've watched the footage. They understand how to get him out. And it was, But one of the Astros' problems is Jordan that they're going to stick with. But the Astros are going to, with their lineup, they're going to be able to overwhelm, I do believe, the Washington Nationals. The pitching or the, the team Both. in general? Wow. Interesting. Steven Strasburg, to me, should be more effective than Max Scherzer. It, clearly. He already has been. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he but, has been all season. But Max Scherzer, though, I have to give him credit for just being a KG veteran when those guys understand the game more so than a Steven Strasburg because Steven Strasburg. And I don't think the moment's going to be too yeah. big for Max. And that's where the question is. It, maybe it will. I don't think it'll be too big for Max. I think you got a better chance of that happening with Patrick Corbin. Actually, <laughs> than than with Max, I think I actually like the idea of what Anibal Sanchez can bring to the game, uh, and and I like I they gonna gut him. I think they'll gut Annabelle. There's a great chance that they gut any of them. That's what they do. But there's also a great chance, and what I've noticed in this Yankee series and the Rays series is that the Astros have a tendency to lose focus. And for that, I don't think because the game, Astros team is better than the Astros team that won the World Series in 2017. Now, what the, the only difference is what. They have better pitching than what they had in the past. I'm, I'm talking, about, and that's what I'm saying. I'm talking about the game inside of the game. Now the only difference, though, is that they, Ken Giles. Yeah, they don't have Ken Giles, <laughs> but they have they have another guy though. They have your man Marwin Gonzalez. Is they had there. Marwin, who is focused, who is a big time player, who is a big time focused player. They didn't have Michael Brantley. You sub out Marwin Gonzalez for Michael Brantley. That's and that's a tough sub. Yeah. That. But Marwin is more versatile. Even yeah. though that you would say, okay, obviously Michael Brantley's a better hitter. In theory, but we watched a lot of baseball where Marvin Gonzalez came through. Now, the the Nationals have been sitting out for a long time, which I do not think will help them. I don't think it's. Going I don't to think it's going to help them um, because when you're playing like how they're playing, you want you need to play momentum. immediately. You need the momentum. The wild card momentum is a real thing, man, and you've lost that when you sit around for a week. But they got KG vets. Ryan Zimmerman's a KG vet, and I expect Ryan Zimmerman to have some good at bats and to carry the team. Really? Yes. Now, so one he's thing, a sleeper cell. Another thing, I mean, if your number four hitter can be a sleeper cell and your number five guy, whatever he is. He's number five after Howie Kendrick. Uh, he, no. No. He, he, bats they, behind, they, he bats behind Howie Kendrick. Yeah, but you got Soto, you got Rendon, Soto, Kendrick, Zimmerman? Yeah. So then he's number six? Literally, yeah, he's number six. He, he bats after Howie Kendrick. Wow. I, well, I, I like I like Zim's work, and and he's somebody who hits a ball up the middle the other way. He sees a professional situational hitter. But the kind of momentum that the Astros just had with this walk-off bomb and that it's so recent in their memory and that they've been sleeping in their beds for the last three nights. Amped. Amped. Mobile. <laughs> they I mean, wait they to get are it going. ready to lighter They're ready to rip you a new one. And boy. that place was going crazy when it they sure announced was. the lineups. Man, it was rocking. I'd like to go to a game down there. Now, but – 
I heard a few people feel like that the Yankees might have had had it their way if they would have had home field. I don't think that home field would have made that much difference for them. I don't either. I mean, it, it, in theory, it sounds good, but they they went to the bullpen too many times. That's that's, all, that's all it comes down to. If you're only trying to, to get four or five innings out of your, this is why they were so effective in Game One mm-hmm. because Masahiro Tanaka came out and dealt extended. What he did, he gave you seven, something like that. Yeah, seven dominant too. So all you got to do is get Britton and and Chapman. And if those two guys have their stuff working, you could see them a hundred times and it's going to be hard to hit them. Right. So, uh, and, and I agree with you, but what ended up happening after that? Too many walks, too many. They too made many, Tanaka throw the ball over the plate. A nightmare for him. Because <laughs> he doesn't have his devastating stuff anymore. Yeah. And I have to say, he's done a good job for not having his devastating stuff right. to still be effective. And you saw him pretty quickly, fairly after, you know, the thing. I, Domingo Herman really hurt the team. He really hurt the team not being there. Um, because he gives them length, even if he gives them an extra four innings, five innings. But he was, you know, usually good for six this season. Right. Um, but if we go with this series, I actually believe that the series is closer than it seems like. I do too. The the gamblers are giving it credit for. I think that the only reason why is that the bullpen, the um, Nationals bullpen, is so bad. The Nationals bullpen is pretty bad, and yeah, they, they so don't. You get they're never the, lights out, right? If you get past the starters, then they're going to have a problem. And the, the Astros know how to work counts to get the pitch sure count do. up, so we can get the starters out of there and get into that that nasty bullpen that you're fooling with. Only issue that I'm seeing is is what I've watched, and I watched it when they were in Tampa Bay. I watched it with the Yankees. There are times when the Astros play sloppy baseball. They make errors that I don't think that they should make. I would like to know what the difference is between George Springer and Jake Marisnik in the outfield because when Jake Marisnik comes in, they move Springer to right field. I like George as my center fielder personally. Right. Maybe it's injury purposes or something. I don't know. Maybe. Because center fielders get and, hurt a lot. And now to me, he's the guy that changes things for the Astros. Clearly, Jose Altuve is back to MVP form. His knee is back right. But you don't and know that's Springer. Springer. Yes. You don't know George Springer is the X-Factor. If you check down George Springer, you can beat them. That To me, that's the key. And good luck with that. And and by shutting him down, I mean keeping him off the base pass. Period. Not even I'm not even talking about you know. But uh, it seems like something clicks with him because all of a sudden. This is what I'm saying. Because all of a sudden he's a different ball player. He might strike out, and then you see him the next at bat, and he does it on. Same thing with them about to go into when they were in the league championship series the year that they beat the Dodgers. I was talking to Giancarlo Stanton at Dodger Stadium, and I said, "Man, George can't get it going." And he started hitting in the league championship series. I can't remember who they played that year, but uh, it might have been. It wasn't Boston. I don't remember who it was that they played, if you can remember. But, um, yeah, but he started hitting then, and he never stopped hitting. Well, you now, know, the first game year, in the World Series, though, remember Clayton Kershaw made him look foolish. The first at bat struck him out, he looked bad, and I'm then saying. all of a sudden, bam, everything clicked. You couldn't get him out. Couldn't. And if you look at his numbers in the League Championship Series here, they're not great. He had two big bombs. Big, though. That when he, Clutch when bombs. He, yeah, when he does it, it's big. But he also was, I think, like when I looked, he was batting like 067 or 093 or something like that. So if that kid, if you can keep him under control, you can go a lot farther than if he's running wild because clearly your Don Alvarez is eligible to be kept under control, you know? So we got that going. I'm really excited. Give me your pick. You've been wire to wire on the Astros since still, the season started. Still with it. How many games? I think it can go six, honestly. Yeah, I, I expect the Nationals to get two. Yeah, I, I think it can go six. It might be five. I just feel like uh, Houston literally they have the best team in baseball and they it, do. and it's it's not even a, a mystery or a secret what they do. They play good baseball. I got the Astros in 7. And I and I think I Ooh. think that I think that the Nationals just might 
and my only hesitation is really this momentum. I need to see which which national team shows up because the Nationals have had brain lapses the entire year, which is why they go be able to get a, slumps. And you're not going to be able to get away with it with the Astros. No, so you start. They making, barely got to the playoffs. Yeah, so they they almost didn't get away with it at all. Well, one of the reasons why I like the um the Astros is because they went through a way tougher path to get to the they World did. Series. You know, you went through Tampa that's got monster pitching. Every pitcher is like a starting pitcher, and then you went through the Yankees and they had the first two pitchers that were dominant. But other than that, I mean, I can't. Max Scherzer and Steven Strasburg, that's a problem. I don't know what Patrick Corbin's going to show up. You don't know which Patrick Corbin's going to show up. That That's a problem. Let's just read the lineups off real quick, and then we'll move on. Uh, leading off for the Nationals will be Trey Turner, followed by Adam Eaton, followed by Anthony Rendon on my choice for MVP, Juan Soto, Howie Kendrick, Ryan Zimmerman as Drupal Cabrera, who I think could be an X-Factor because as Drupal has a flair for the dramatic. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Suzuki, who I like a lot. More so than Ron, Jan Gomes. I don't know how Jan Gomes is there. Uh, In the show. <laughs> and, Victor, and Victor Robles, who's now back, who right. actually could cause a problem for Houston because he brings speed to the table for them. So if they can get it rocking and rolling while they're down there with Robles and Turner uh, and, and Eaton, who doesn't have the same speed he used to have after his injury, but that's a formidable speed lineup there, you know what I mean, if you end up at the bottom. Followed by the American League champion Astros with – George Springer, Jose Altuve, Michael Brantley, wow. Alex Bregman, Yuli Gurriel, Jordan Alvarez, wow. Carlos Correa, Josh Reddick, and Robinson Chirinos. Actually, I would have to put Jordan in the eight hole. I probably yeah. would go Yuli Correa, uh, Alvarez, then Reddick. I'll be very surprised if he can produce because um, the Nationals have got a chance to sit there and watch footage on him and see and watch your live games. Yeah, and see <laughs> that he's very susceptible to off-speed pitches. He's got to adjust. He won't make adjustments, so they should be able to carve him up. Yep, we're going to see. All right, folks. Uh, very excited about that. Series starts tomorrow. We will check in probably daily after after World Series games because we just can't get enough. <laughs> we just can't get enough. And moving on now, we've been cheating you guys. He's been going pretty well on his college picks. We have a caller, our NCAA college football consultant. Do it for the tipper. Hello. Do it for the tipper, live on the Ozone with College Picks Extraordinaire. How you feeling? I'm feeling good, Ozone. What's happening with y'all? You got it, man. Just breaking down the, the, the World Series, you know, excited about what's to come. Figured we'd man. give you a call and uh, see what you thought about Wisconsin taking the L. I mean, I mean, that wasn't the only pick, but uh, <laughs> get, your, get your new picks for this weekend. We're starting fresh. We want you to earn our anyway. listeners some money. What's happening out here in the world of college football? Do it for the tipper. Well, since you want to talk about Wisconsin and the L that they took last week, this bring up the fact I went nine for nine for three. I won out of twelve games. I got nine correct. Nice Wisconsin pick, yeah. was the biggest upset, so I'll take that one. Um, you know, they wasn't supposed to lose, but in college football, anything can happen on any given Saturday. So. With that one, Ohio State put hands on Northwestern. Clemson won on Louisville. West Virginia lost to number five, Oklahoma. Wisconsin lost to Illinois. Illinois. Number nine, them Florida Gators beat up on them South Carolina Gamecocks. Auburn put hands on Arkansas. Um, number 23, Iowa got in on Purdue. Number two, LSU put hands on Mississippi State. Oregon ended up winning against number 25, Washington. Um, number 17, Herm Edwards and them Arizona State Sun Devils. Herm they Stick. lost at number 13, 
Utah, number 16, Michigan. They lost to uh, Penn State, and Tennessee ended up losing to Bama in a close game with Bama losing uh, to uh, with ankle injuries. So going into week nine, going down again, number 13, Wisconsin is playing against the Ohio State. Take the upset. Wisconsin, they just lost last week. So what you know, they're going to come back a little bit more focused and feed the kid, Mr. Taylor. So I'm picking up the upset, number 13, over Ohio State. Oh, okay. Ooh, I might need to make a wager myself on that with my man. <laughs> Put a wager on it. So then we got number five, Oklahoma, going against Kansas State. We got number 20, Iowa, over Northwestern. We got number nine, Auburn. Playing against number two LSU, I'm going with LSU. Um, that's a great football team. Then we got number six Michigan. Uh, I'm sorry, number six Penn State going against Michigan State. <sighs> My heart lies. Gotta go against the Spartans. You're going against the Spartans, <laughs> not you. What a sellout. <laughs> but this week I'm not going to do it. I'm still with Penn State. Then we got uh, number fifteen Texas versus TCU. This is another one that I'm jumping with TCU over Texas on this one. That's my upset. Unranked TCU over Texas. We got number one, Bama, going against Arkansas. We got to roll with Bama. With that one, I will bet the odds on that one, uh, what, whatever the line is. I think the line is 16 or 17, but go with Arkansas just for the line. Uh, we got Boston College versus number four, Clemson. I'm going with Clemson, Double Sweeney Tigers. And then the primetime game, we got number eight, Notre Dame, versus number 19, Michigan. Um, they're playing, at the, they're playing in, uh, in Michigan. So, the, oh, I just I can't roll with Michigan. I don't, I don't, they're too inconsistent. So, I'm going to stay with the favorite, Notre Dame, over Michigan. And that's all I got for doing for the Tippers College football picks this week goes on. I like it. I like it. Like I said, I may actually, maybe I'll make a turnaround trip out to Vegas just to get it done and see how this Ooh, nine to three works out for me. <laughs> I might need it. <laughs> Do you need it? <laughs> I might need it. Now what is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, real quick. Last thing that I want to hit you with while you're here, give me a pick on the crusher Sergey Kovalev versus Canelo Alvarez. You know, we're only two two weeks out on that fight. It seemed it seemed like it crept up faster, but I they announced it like right when it was go time. Who you got? Yeah, it came on. Ooh, I got to go with the Dodger Network. I got to go with Canelo. Uh, <laughs> the Dodger Network. You go with Vince Scully. It's time for Dodger baseball. <laughs> I like Sergey. I like the crusher, but I think um, Canelo is, is really at his prime. He's yep. old, too. Yep. He's, not, he's old, but I think I think Canelo is at his prime and. um them early fights against Mayweather back in the day really tooed him to be a, a, a complete boxer. Um, Sergey is going to get him out there and, and make him, you know, brawl a little bit. But hopefully, with what Canelo has learned in the past, it just you know you can brawl a little bit, get in the phone booth, but then get out, use the uppercut, use all the tools to win. Because if he gets into a brawl, he will, you know, his career may get cut short fooling around with with Sergey out there, even at the old age. But a uh, good tune-up fight for for Canelo, but hands down, I got Canelo winning this one. 
Hands down. Wow. Hands down. Worth his $36.5 million. Ladies and gentlemen, that's do it for the tipper. You can find him under that D-O-I-T, the number four, T-I-P-P-E-R, on Twitter, and grouse him about his picks if he's wrong and costs you money. <laughs> do it for the tipper. <laughs> yeah, I <I'm> bad. <laughs> <laughs> we will consult with you later in the week, my friend, and talk to you soon. Peace. All right, bro. Love y'all. Out. Out. Ah, I want to move into the world of boxing, folks. Move into the world of boxing. This weekend, we have a big uh, fight coming up with a friend of the Ozone, Regis, or Barugaru Progre, is fighting Josh Taylor finally for the Muhammad Ali belt in the tournament that they had at the light, uh, the, 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 the light weight mm-hmm. of 140. I personally believe that Regis is somebody that is going to start showing up in pound for pound list sooner than later. Right. And this is going to be a great test for it. I think that he got it. I think he has it as well. It's they're fighting in London. Regis got out there a while ago. I've been following him on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I like to see I think the work. He's been out there for about doing. three weeks, right? Yeah, about three weeks. And I like that mm-hmm. because I never understood why a guy would get there night before and get the last and come out there like, "Hey, dude, what's going on? <laughs> drunk? How do you punch drunk? Get that slow start that you don't really need." And uh, looking at the lights. Yeah, Josh Taylor is, is talking good, though. Josh he's Taylor, feeling himself. Everybody feels himself to, to the body work, work and get in oh there. Oh, my goodness. He said, I'm better all around. I've had less professional fights than he has, but I've got more experience overall, and I've faced better opposition. I've boxed at a higher level internationally in the amateurs and had tests as a professional. I just feel there's no way he can beat me. I'm comfortable against other southpaws. You can get your jab off easier through the middle. You don't need to find angles for the jab, but if you want to find angles, it's easier because you're in the same stance. It's just much easier to get your shots off. I always feel good against the southpaws stance this is a, a guys if you don't know no you don't know <laughs> this is a this is a potential fight of the year candidate in a lot of people's eyes i always like to see Rugaru when he steps in the ring mm-hmm. and uh you know it's gonna be on the zone right it's on the zone i don't think Rugaru's on the zone is he i think this fight is though oh okay that's a good question i'm not sure i thought it was on uh let's find out i can look it up right now it is on es I lied. It's on the zone. Ladies and gentlemen, Terry Miller was right. For once. <laughs> Let's not start with that. We know that's not true. <laughs> yes, and it's going to be early, by the way. 2 p.m. Eastern, which means that by the time the fight actually starts, it'll probably still be you know, afternoon out here on the West. If mm-hmm. you're listening, West, West, y'all, it don't stop. You can have that fight for breakfast. Yeah, then we also have, <laughs> you get killed walking your doggy. <laughs> and we got, uh, we got Shakur Stevenson, the, the young phenom, is set to fight uh, Joette Gonzalez uh, later on that night on ESPN Plus for a vacant WBO title. Well, 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 what we saw this weekend was a brutal fight. Uh, at the 175-pound division to unify between uh, Niall Godzik, I don't know how you say his name, and Mr. Biederbiev. Now, how did you feel about this fight, John? I felt like your man Godzik was not sitting on his punches, and that's one of the reasons why he wasn't as effective, because he was moving. He had great lateral movement. He had great lateral movement, and he hit Biederbiev a lot. Exactly, except it was a... Acclamation of punches when Peter Biv was hitting him with power shots. Big shots. To the point where he was in the hospital for two days after the fight. Yes. I mean, he had Nailed, to, got punished. Yeah, he, he, he was crossed. His footwork was terrible and he took way too much punishment. Yeah. I mean, the body work went so far to the ref was terrible. The let's, ref was let's, terrible. Let's talk about that off the yeah, top. Let's talk, let's talk about, about him calling a, a clearly not a knockdown. A push. A, a push, a knockdown. And then when he got knocked down, he didn't call that a knockdown though. Yeah. 
because he was so afraid of you know him being wrong early, so he didn't call a knockdown a knockdown. But your man took and a knee. And by the way, we didn't speak about how that bad umpire in that last Yankee. Oh yeah, game. Oh, by the way, brutal. I don't brutal. you can't have him in a in a big game. Man. Anyways, uh, sorry. Yeah, but he um better have beat the crap out of his body. Oh my goodness! And he took a knee, and the ref didn't even count it as a knockdown. Yeah, Alexander got beat up bad, and. uh you know, he's got no major injuries. Teddy Atlas tells ESPN he just has a minor concussion. <laughs> I don't know if you can have a minor concussion. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be concussed whatsoever, <laughs> personally. That's just me, though. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, Arthur Bidabev, man, he's 15-0. and 0. Somebody's O had to go. Now he's unified. This is what we're talking about, folks, when we talk about Canelo selectively picking who he wants to fight. This guy is much more dangerous than Kovalev. Yeah, this dude would have knocked Canelo out. He's a knock this a lot guy of guys is, out. will knock a lot of guys out because he sits down on his sponges. He's right he's in the mean. phone. But he's mean, really mean. He doesn't mind getting hit apparently, no, and he muscles you around in the ring. He sure see, does. He's very, very physical. Yes, he's an intimidating fighter. I don't, I don't and, know. But with, but with as much as he got hit, it made me feel like Bivol was the class of 175. Bivol doesn't seem to hit as hard as he does. No. But Bivol also doesn't get hit as often as Now, do you does. think that Bivol could take those punches? Only one way to find out. Step in there. That's it. So, uh, Sergey Kovalev said that he had his eye on this fight because he's planning on beating Canelo and he wants the winner of this fight next. No. Yes, that's what he said. He won't stop. He can't stop. Got <laughs> Won't stop, can't stop. They got to beat him into submission, champ. That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like. Uh, I don't want to see it. And uh, let's hear what Timothy Bradley had to say. And that was a small, smaller guy coming up to this weight class, man. He's going to take that risk because... Uh, you know, Kovalev. Kovalev is, is kind of, you know, watered down a little bit. You know, he's, he's been a little longer than two, you know what I mean? A little longer than two. So I think I think that's the reason why he's taking that risk. And he sees opportunity to break Kovalev down to the body. That's his specialty. So he's willing to take that risk and go up and fight 175 pounds against a guy like that. But a guy like better be, I don't think so. I, I, I don't think so. I don't think he wants that. I really don't think, I don't think Canelo wants that. That's pain. Oh, he talked about B-Ball too. Oh, that's an interesting fight because B-Ball is a bad boy. Man, I'm going to give the slight edge to Better be B-Ball is a smaller guy, man. He's a small, light heavyweight. Great fundamentals, good power. He punches hard with both hands as well. He has the punching power that can probably get the respect that Better be is, but... Man, yeah, you saw the night. Nothing deterred that guy. Nothing stopped him from coming. He took it. He kept coming. He kept coming. And just whipped, just destroyed, destroyed Ball's deck. And I thought, I thought honestly, I thought that Ball's deck was going to be able to outbox him. I got, well, I'm not going to lie. Ball's deck was supposed to win this fight, in my opinion. Because he was the boxer. Because he was the boxer. I agree with that. And I, I had Volzik <laughs> before the fight. Before the fight. That's what I thought. He's a pity patter. And he didn't. I haven't seen him fight like that, though, before. Where it's like, it looked like he was scared, on. though. It looked I, there, there was a piece. Well, they said that they know each other and that your man had, you know, roughed housing before. And I don't know if it's inspiring or it's somewhere in the amateur oh, or something so like that. So that. it was like they were saying that it was the big brother theory, in a sense, where he was pushing him around. And he definitely, and definitely didn't respect him or his punch. No, power. his power was not a factor. And it looked like he rocked that him. Made it he a rocked him one time though. Yeah, he did give him that that uh, what was that that jelly leg? He did. 
And it looked like it surprised better be of like, like no, not that's not, not, real. not Alexander. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> All right, I'm back. Yeah. Yeah. That's the kind of damage that you take that shortens your boxing career. Oh, no question about it. He's gonna need some time yeah. to recover from that. For sure he's gonna need some time. Uh yeah, so that's that's what we got coming up this weekend. That's what we saw last weekend. Um yeah, very excited. And then the WBC is having its annual convention, little convention down in Cancun right they're living now. it up right now. The man, they're living it up in New York City. And uh, even though they're in New York City, I mean Cancun, Mexico. <laughs> um, but I've seen a couple of friends of the Ozone down at Jelena, uh, yep. AD. Yeah, AD. <laughs> and you know who I saw, though, that I really like to see down there was uh, Adonis Stevenson. Oh, really? Adonis Stevenson, the, uh, a friend of the Ozone, Ellie Secback, put up a video with Adonis Stevenson and, cool. and Badu Jack. How did he sound? Not great. But he, but he's but he's moving and grooving. He just seems like he's not all, you know, he's he's a step back. Do you think that he'll ever get it back at all? I don't know. But, I mean, you know, he was induced in a coma for like a month. Yeah. And this is a long time. So, uh, I don't know. I'll let you hear it. Here you go. You tell me. <laughs> I love him. Hey, first of all, it's a blessing to see you alive. Yeah, yeah. Well, you look the same. You sound the same. It's a yeah. miracle. Yeah, it's a miracle. You can punch the same. You know, you know all this that yes. is not to be my, 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 my wife. She's there. Thank you. I call him Superwoman. Well, you're really Superman. So first of all, Badu so, has been one of your biggest supporters. He's always telling yeah, everybody yeah. to pray for you. And yeah, oh, what do you say about his recovery? No, I'm so happy. That's the reason why I came here to the convention. I love just to see him. I'm in, almost in training camp. I just came to see him. They told me he's coming. I was like, all right, let me come down for a couple of days. Last oh, time man. I saw you was at the convention in um, Kiev. And you were such a nice guy. When Sean Porter was mobbed by a thousand fans, you helped him. You escorted him. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're great? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. what do you tell all your fans right now? You know, my fans, you say I'm opening for, for, for people. This is my second life. And I'm opening for, for all the people. I, I'm here to help people. I'm a people help. People help. Yes. And that's Adonis Stevenson on his newfound uh, life, his second to go around after the, the coma. And he said he's here to help. He's here to help people. So I'm happy for him. Right. He didn't sound that bad. No, no, no. There's just another point when Ellie's talking to him and he's just looking at him like, <laughs> who are you? <laughs> Badu was like, did you ask him or you asked me? <laughs> Ellie was like, I'm asking him. And he was oh. like, Yes. Badu, <laughs> you know it is what it is. But what can you do? That might not even been from the coma. That might just be from boxing in general. In general, yeah, that boxing has that effect on you, y'all. <laughs> has that effect? Then we got a new hot video in from Ellie. Hold on a second, I want to check this one out. You got one fresh off the, the press, hot off the press. Let's see if this one what they say. Also at the convention. What's next, Loma? Any fight? I wait for Cormier Lopez. Oh, who do you think wins? I think Komi. Why? Too much power, big reach, and as we see last fight, Lopez, he can't, he can't fight with a big reach. What about Canelo and um, Kovalev? Big move for Canelo, big money for Kovalev. And you reach Joshua rematch? 50-50. How about Usyk uh, and um, Deontay Wilder? He will school Dante Wilder. You like that fight? And that's Usyk. If you watch the video, Usyk is in the video next to him. Oh, is he? Uh, and he kind of he faints at Ellie. 
<laughs> this guy Usyk, you gotta love him if you yeah. follow him. He seems like a great guy. And a fan too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He seems like a great guy. But I tell you, the only chance that Usyk is gonna have to be Deontay Wilder or is any of the, him in boxing. Yeah, or any of the big guys. I have to say, as much as I love him, I was unimpressed. I was underimpressed with the last outing. I need to see him get that dude out of there with one punch. Honestly, I really, or at least inside of four rounds. Yeah, that yeah. guy literally just got. And a that thing. dude hit him, and he was looked like he was on another planet. He, the big boy. <laughs> big I tell boy you, pop. It's a different animal. A different animal, John. <laughs> so, uh, moving on. <laughs> That's why you love it, John. Why, John? Why? One of these days, we're going to share some audio for you guys, and you'll understand why we have this internal joke. You probably think we're crazy, but everybody in the room knows what it is. Uh, <laughs> But let's move to the world of the NFL. What did you find the world, out? The world of injuries? The, the, what did you find out on your fan duel? <laughs> I found out that Can I should tell people. I all right, I'm going to tell way. people. I'm going to tell people something. Because I'm a terrible. That is a secret that, that is not so secret. What? The Icons is one of the best fan duel players that you will ever meet. He religiously comes in the top 50 out of the 20, 30, 40,000 40, people pools. Except always one guy, always one guy in his lineup that he usually overthinks and or got the information bad that said he wasn't going to start or he was going to start. So he went in feeling jazzy this week. And what happened? And David Johnson was set. They said that he was going to play. And Chase Edmonds was in most of my lineups. I take Chase Edmonds out of most of my lineups and I left him in a few because I play around 10. And 10 lineups, and I said, okay, well, let me take him out of most of them because I don't want to take a chance. And then David Johnson actually doesn't play. They come out later on and say, oh, well, we meant he'll be there just in case. Just in case. Oh, we just said that to mess up Terry's Fandle. <laughs> All right, back to the action, Steve. <laughs> Mission complete because Chase Edmonds ran amok. I think he gave like almost 40-something uh, fantasy points, and David Johnson gave you nothing. <laughs> nice. <laughs> just like you planned it. <laughs> Which goes from – Hero to zero. Ah, gave it to you. Yeah, and then I had a couple of other injuries, and it was lights out. How about Cowboy Kev? We need to speak to Cowboy Kev at some point. If he does Eagles, I know he's feeling it. The Eagles aren't good. I know, but we thought they were better than the Cowboys. Yeah. I think that what happened with that game is that Peterson and everybody was talking crazy. You know, you got to. Yeah, you got to let them lie. Let it lie. They're bad. Let them be bad. Don't (laughs) let them be bad. Don't Don't give them locker room material. That's it. And we got a, uh, me, myself on my fantasy squad. I busted heads this week. Surprise. So you ended up winning that game. Uh, Dude. Aaron Rodgers went berserk. He oh, gave me yeah. almost 100 points. Dude, that's crazy, right? Aaron Rodgers gave me 75.76 points. I got Michael Thomas. He gave me almost 30 points. Todd Gurley actually decided to play and play well. They gave him the ball. I tell you what, maybe my best pick in the whole league is this kid, Josh Jacobs. This yeah. kid from the Raiders puts up points, man. And then uh, Hunter Henry's back. So you know how you know Phil Rivers loves. Phil Rivers loves. He loves the romance, the tight end. He does. You know, you saw your boy Gates said he might bring his back. He said oh, he's really? by the phone. You didn't hear that? No. Gates said he's waiting Please by the phone and he's healthy. When Hunter Henry first got hurt, he was like, I'm by, I'm ready. I'm in shape. Just Gates, give me a call. Gates doesn't have it anymore. He got the hand still, but I, he definitely doesn't have any kind of lot of punishment. Yeah, a lot of punishment, yeah. But I, I won my game unless uh, <laughs> I won my game unless James White scores 80 points tonight. <laughs> So hopefully that I think doesn't it's be a happen, running game though. for the Patriots because don't do it. Stop because everybody, all the receivers are hurt. Everybody's hurt except for Julian Edelman. Literally, so uh, they're probably going to just pound the ball with Sony Michelle. I'd be very surprised if they do a lot of passing. Well, 
We're going to see. If James White is not the man either way, though. If he scores 80 on a fluke, somebody's getting killed. <laughs> I hope it's not me, dude. <laughs> it's it's, it's the, the owner of FanDuel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. You got anything else? I got to jump, John. Oh, uh, yeah. Just the NBA is opening tomorrow night. And oh, you got, got a little. I hate the NBA. I said it. All right. It's over. Wow, I like them in the playoffs, and that's about it. And you don't like the theory of it all. Yeah, they, they've taken me to the dark side. I don't like. I don't like millennials playing basketball for some reason. That brings they don't out worse than millennials. Yeah, all they care about is scoring and, and wearing the certain sneakers and heading to the strip club. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for all of that, but what are you doing? Yeah, you got a handful of guys that take. I it want serious. you to to really care. Yeah. I think Jimmy Butler cares like that. I think yeah. Dame Lillard cares like that. I think Chris Paul cares like that. And CP definitely cares. And all these guys are the Patrick one Beverly the- cares like that. Yeah, and all these guys are the one to get the bad the bad name because they actually care about the game. You know what I'm saying? It's true. It's true. So, but what do you want to say, John? No, just opening night and that the Lakers and the Clippers are going head up. And the, the Lakers look crazy. I mean, I watched the Lakers look insane. I, I, I will admit that. I will I turn off the TV. It was ugly. I mean, they beat the Warriors God. about 36 times in preseason. <laughs> and every time oh by about 40 goodness. points. They beat the tar out of them. Yuck. I mean, this was terrible, dude. This was unwatchable. I hope that the NBA get their stuff together so that we don't have to watch the Lakers do this alley-ooping thing the whole season. This Lob is, City. Oh, my goodness. It Lob was. Lob City. Job. All right, folks, I'm going to leave you with a quote from Henry David Thoreau. And it is, rather than love, then money, then fame, give me truth. Ladies and gentlemen, the truth is important. Live it in your life. We're all in this thing together. This is the Ozone, and we will be back soon. I'm your host, Omar Miller. Ozone. I'm just living the dream. I'm in love with the life.